0: Hello, Formula One fans, and welcome back to F1 in Focus. Today, we'll be talking about the Austria Grand Prix. And of course, we are the only Formula One podcast where a Dutch and an Englishman can very much get along in the world of Formula One. My name is John, and I'll be doing this show with my dear friend and the man with the best hair in the business. It's none other than James Hazel. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing quite right. I got a bit of a deja vu feeling, but that, yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> right. Um, whenever you're in a hurry, nothing works. Um, yeah. I feel um, I feel very much like a Mercedes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I shouldn't make that joke, but it's true though. We'll it talk is, about that yeah. in a moment though. Yeah. Uh, James, it feels like we discussed this topic before, but shall we just start with the sprint race in Austria? Yeah, let's- Uh, I think it was an awesome race, good start to finish, uh, great driving by Shaw as well at the start of the race, overtook Mox actually, um, fighting all along, good camera direction, anything you want to add on that?
1: Not really. It was just, it was a good race. I think, um, the new format helps, um, because there's less of that. Like, you know, if you lose out, you lose out big time. Because um, obviously the sprint's not saying the grid now. Um, I think the rain or the wet weather helped, definitely. Um, so yeah, the lack of DRS made for some good overtakes on yeah. original spots as well. Yeah, it, it, yeah, the, 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 just just the weather in general, really. Because I mean, rain's always like considered the great equalizer, isn't it? And it kind of brings. Uh, the car's kind of not quite down to a level playing field, but it, it because it slows the action down, it kind of, it, it, yeah, it just kind of level things out for all the drivers a little bit. And obviously the, the drivers that are good in the wet have an opportunity to shine um, even in a car that might otherwise not really be great. So, yeah. Definitely. Um,
0: Shall we talk about Checo or leave? <laughs> Oh, the, fir- the first lap, first corner. Well, first corner, but also I was talking about disqualifying on Friday.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I mean not really any excuse that is there. He's fourth fourth race in a row, missing Q three, I believe.
0: Could be the third race in a row, he missed that, I think.
1: Yeah. And um yeah, I suppose, I mean, yeah. No, this is this is for the main race as well, isn't it? This isn't just for the sprint. Um, yeah, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, I saw a fun graphic that showed all the people that have out-qualified him so far this year. <laughs> and it included um, Hulkenberg and I think Albon and maybe Ocon. I can't remember. There was like three or four midfield drivers that had out-qualified Perez over the course of the season so far, <laughs> which, you know, doesn't look great when he's driving the Red Bull.
0: No, in- indeed. Um, I have to admit, though, that you talk about Hülkenberg. That was some qualifying by him.
1: That was amazing. That's fantastic. One. Yeah. He had, a, so. he had a solid drive as well. He just, he kept, he kept Checo at bay for a while, but he was obviously driving that card uh, that car a little bit too hard really for for the tires for keeping the tires going for the whole whole race at least. Yeah, um, during Sunday, they had a power
0: power engine failure I think as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, definitely one of the losers of the weekend, totally hard though. But they got some points on Saturday, so it was yeah.
1: Good. I mean, if you know, technical faults not his. His racing overall over the weekend was just really solid. True.
0: Definitely true. So Max winning the sprint um, after qualifying in a narrow, narrow pole, getting a yeah. uh, much more margin for Sunday's race, though in already or for the qualifying got a much uh, bigger margin in there.
1: Um, Ferrari's back. Shall we start with that statement? Um, yeah, I mean they looked they looked pretty good at um, Canada. Canada, yeah, except obviously they didn't. Qualify great but then the race pace was pretty decent so they, they could have been pretty good in canada if it wasn't for that and obviously there was the you know the slightly different take on the strategy that they took in canada which which seemed to pay off for them as well
0: do you think ferrari should have gone in under the safety car as they did or was it way too early because that was my feeling honestly
1: i think it was the right call i think what well, I think it was the right call for Leclerc. I think they should have split the strategy with Science and Science should have stayed out. Oh, they messed um, up Science
0: Race by doing it now. <laughs> exactly, only <laughs>
1: because they were too close for the double stack and they didn't pull a Lando and back the pack up and make some gap and then take a huge penalty for it. But he, he suffered anyway because he was so close to Leclerc that they'd effectively double stack, lose a bit of time. And by the time he comes out, he's behind. Um, George, I'd say. Was he that far back? He was definitely behind Hamilton, wasn't he? And yeah, it might have been, might have been George as well. Yeah. Um. But then, science had probably one of the best races for him so far this season. I think, with the exception of the track limits, which well, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be covering that in depth.
0: <laughs> in a moment.
1: Yeah. But his driving and his racing was just—it was brilliant. Um, yeah, that's that like middle stint when he, you know, he'd he'd suffered through the penalties. Yes, uh, sorry, not the penalties through the pit stops. Found himself a little bit further back than he would have hoped, and had to fight his way through the uh, the pack a little bit. It was just really solid driving from him. Um, Leclerc was kind of invisible most of the race. He was just kind of in no man's land. Um, but second place for Ferrari, 800th podium. I yes. think it was
0: eight wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, 100% true.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: really, really good. Definitely. Uh, overall, I think Ferrari brought some good upgrades, fought really well. I was indecisive about pit stops. Um, but then again, it uh, second place is pretty good. Although, maybe we should talk about the other one. Uh, failed during qualifying. You were correct on the fourth consecutive race,
1: not making Q three, but Checo came in third in the race. Yeah, um, I think that was a good ride, a really good try from him, to be honest. And I think if he'd qualified correctly, which <laughs> would be minimum top top four Two. for him, yeah, it's really should be qualifying second or third because I think Perez versus Leclerc, even with Leclerc in a Ferrari, is probably a tough call for him because over a single lap in qualifying, Leclerc's managing to kind of quite often be on Verstappen's pace uh, as he was this weekend. Uh, I think Perez trying to match that is maybe a little bit too much to ask. Um, But even if he qualified third or fourth, like, he race pace should have been in the ferraris very easily uh, and probably prevented max from being able to pit and get his fastest lap <laughs> <laughs> well um that's the other one though. i said it into in,
0: i said before is max getting cocky or is he just so confident because uh, on two laps to go you have a 24 second gap i think it's 24 25 Tw- yeah something yeah. like that Says I want to actually want to get the fastest lap of Sergio. <laughs> um, no argument, like a little bit of an argument. I, I don't think there's a need, Max. And they're like, okay, I'll, I'll come in.
1: Yeah, well, they originally suggested that he calls his tires for a lap and then does it on the same tires, and he says, No, I want a box. <laughs> and they're like, We don't think it's worth the risk. And he says, Well, I'm 25 seconds in front, so let's just do it. And they're like, Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out three and a half seconds in front of Leclerc. Warms his freaking
0: tires on the straight, probably like really weaving all over the straight with Leclerc being two seconds behind him that po- moment. Starts that lap with going slow, white in the first corner, get a good I- entry to the, <laughs> to the first lap and ends the race on five seconds of yeah, five So seconds pulls away need. three seconds in one lap as yeah. well. Um, there's dominance. This felt like a total knockout to the rest of the field. This was the team performing optimally, sticking to the strategies, being confident, no argument, just do it else Mark won't be satisfied. And he does it as well.
1: Yeah.
0: I've I think there was the most impressive drive I've seen from him for a while. I've seen some proper amazing drives, right? Not only consistent in the race, if you look at the lap times, it's like insanely stable as well, like he's an autopilot. Yeah. But doing that in the last moment, I think that was really impressive. and It's not something I've seen very often in Formula 1. I think that's why I know I sound like a Max fanboy, right? But we talked about dominance, how it can be boring. This was the opposite of boring. This is highlighting your power, your confidence, your strength, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of this comes about from the fact that, I mean, Max is driving at another level. And the car is also clearly at another level compared to the majority of the field. Um, I think Ma- Max being able to do that was partly just down to Perez. If if Perez had qualified where he should have qualified and he had the race that he should have had, Max wouldn't be in a position to do that. So this is this is kind of Perez's fault in a way. He's like mm, he'll use his fastest lap for his own is it through his own fault of not making it through into Q3 and not keeping Max honest in any way. Because um, whilst Max has got, you know, between a 20 and 30 second advantage over the next fastest car, at basically any circuit at this point, I don't think he has that advantage over Perez. He maybe has like a 15 or 20 second advantage um, throughout a race, but I don't think he's got... 20 to 30 seconds or enough to do that pit stop. He wouldn't I don't think he'd risk it with Perez. Um so yeah, it was it it, it basically just took full advantage of the situation that was given to him, which yeah, but could also
0: could be very like we you know I was uh was sitting in a chat texting thing and stuff. Um we weren't doing that this weekend, but Was in a in a Discord group and uh, he said like this is stupid. Why do they? Why does he do it? Why take the risk? It's just one point difference. No, now it's actually two point difference, right? If you
1: think. it. yeah, he's taken a point from one person and given it to himself instead. So it's a two. It's a two point swing, I think.
0: It's not that he needs it. with eighty Well, no, he doesn't need it. I mean,
1: yeah, he he could. (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, what what point in the season do we get to where he could finish second every race? behind Perez winning every race and he still wins because he's he's pulling that sort of lead at the moment um but yeah what I was going to say is that I don't think it's I don't think it's stupid but
0: I think it's confidence
1: it's definitely confidence it it does put a lot of pressure on a lot of people though because a pit stop's not performed by one person and it's not performed by Max Verstappen it's performed by a team and you you know you get one mistake with the wheel gun or slip with the wheel or whatever, and you lose a couple of seconds. I mean, in this case, he probably still would have passed Leclerc and he would have won. He might not have got his fastest lap, but he probably still would have won. But, you know, it, it potentially opens it, it, um, him up to to problems. It didn't pan out that way, so he doesn't need to worry it was about it.
0: Right? 2.1 second pitch. To- yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I think I think in the past, like Mercedes probably had the opportunity to do this sort of thing, but they never did. I remember never Well there was no point to play for either back then. So That is also true actually, yeah. So, so they was... didn't they didn't really need to, but you know, they've 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 finished races like, you know, 30 seconds ahead of the field and they've, you know, they've not done anything with that time because I, I remember them I'm trying to think what it was. I I remember a few races where they've like made calls like this where it's like, should we just get some fresh tires on? To guarantee we get to the end and they don't want to risk it. Um, I remember
0: a race with Goldtart and Hacking actually coming in with one one and two in Austria as well, I think, and putting the whole field on one lap to number yeah. three. So yeah. it did happen. <laughs> the gaps, I, I saw someone saying this is the biggest gap ever or something, but no, they were actually leads. No, with not. The McLaren, the Mercedes, M- McLaren, Mercedes of the old days and yeah. the Mercedes were just putting everyone on the lap. So I don't yeah. even that much difference. but yeah, I think um, I found that impressive. I mean, it could it 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 almost felt like arrogance, but it also showed a totally total winners mentality from Mox. Like every point counts, just make it count. Let's go for it, and um, just want to win it all now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it seemed
0: happy though by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. And the the other thing as well is. It's kind of risk-free for him because even if it had gone catastrophically wrong, like he would be annoyed, the team would be annoyed, but it's not going to impact the championship at this point, I don't think. It might, you know, it might give Perez a confidence boost if, you know, let's say, for example, they don't get the wheel on properly and he drives out in an unsafe release and he has to stop the car and just retire from the race. It's not really, it's 25 points less for the championship, but it's not going to affect him winning the championship, I don't think. So yeah although i've checked
0: in one in 100 pit stops from Red Bull goes south and not exactly catastrophic but takes long yeah so one percent chance it goes yeah the chances are
1: so slim of it happening yeah and that goes for almost any team like some teams have you know they might have like a three second pit stop rather than a 2.5 second but that's kind of minimal really when you've got that sort of lead and we very rarely see things where, you know, wheels not being put on properly and stuff like that anymore. Like that seemed to be semi-frequent, like five years plus ago, but doesn't really seem to happen now. Yeah. They
0: really are the best of the best these days,
1: right? James,
0: you get two minutes to talk about Lando. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's was a heck of a weekend here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a really yeah really solid race. Um, decent qualifying, really good race. Um, didn't get caught out by the track limits thing. I was a little bit curious about that. I was really expecting when they reviewed them that he was going to get a penalty as well. Um, although that goes for a couple of drivers that didn't get penalties, but... But anyway, we're we're probably going to cover penalties very soon. That's why we need to get (laughs) the next 20 minutes or so. (laughs) But yeah, his race was really good. That McLaren, I mean, he's got the upgrades that Piastri didn't have on his car. So it's it's unfair to look at what Lando did this weekend compared to Oscar. But um, if you look at where they were compared or where he is. Well, actually, you can make that comparison just to look at how far they've jumped up. You can't, you, you can't really look at it and say Piastri didn't do very well because he's he's effectively driving the old spec car. Um, but it does show that they've made pretty good progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think they've got more parts coming for Silverstone as well, as well as uh, Piastri getting the full upgrades as well. So. That's going to be quite interesting, I think. I mean, I know a couple of teams, well, more than a couple of teams are bringing upgrades to Silverstone, but, yeah, that that kind of shuffles the pecking order a little bit. And maybe this makes McLaren the fourth fastest car on the grid, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still clinging on to from my predictions. In, um,
0: well, well, my hoping uh, prediction, don't think we'll hold on, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, impressive. I'm, uh, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. I'm also impressed by another great livery which I put into Silverstone.
1: Oh, I can't wait to see yeah. this in the flesh. Well, uh, on the TV at least, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. it's It looks really nice.
1: Yeah, the Google First Chrome. time we see something
0: shiny back on cars as well, so... Yeah. I'm here for the ride. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's slow because of it's being shiny.
1: I saw uh, a member of the team had said... Um, speaking of that, a member of the team had said that they... Well, first of all, they wanted to keep the orange or papaya because that's like their color at the moment. Um But they said they would have liked more chrome. Whether it could have happened or not, I don't know. But they didn't because of the weight, and it yeah. would have impacted performance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nevertheless, no, it does look brilliant, though. Let's hope uh, Clarence yeah. back because I think, especially when you look at the short tracks in Australia, we'll get hungry, of course, in a couple of weeks as well. The gaps between like not Max and everyone else, were tiny, yeah. really, really tiny. And we saw that yeah. in the reigning fight. It's been uh, just swipping, swapping positions. Someone taking three cars in one lap, being overtaken two laps later when the, when the tires drop off a little bit. Uh, I really enjoyed this weekend and it's so great to see the... No, well, not the lead fight because there's no lead fight, but everything else just being very compact. Ferrari's fighting with each other. Yeah. Austin's dropping back slightly after this weekend. Mercedes, well, this wasn't their best weekend, so maybe not discuss that, but no. are still in the mix. McLaren coming back up front. They're all been having some good races. Um, oh, Haas and, and, with all due respect, offer Romeo. Not sure what they are doing.
1: But, no. I uh, think the only caveat to this is that obviously this was a sprint weekend and there was only one practice session. Like, I, I think that's probably part of the reason for Mercedes. Being no, they the did position- a Red Bull.
0: I said this weekend, they do a Red Bull. Normally Red Bull misses the first practice or do something wrong there. Yeah. And therefore they are not set up for a great weekend. I think that's exactly what happened to Mercedes as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lewis seems to be a little bit cursed with sprint races other than that Brazil. one Brazil <laughs> race. Uh But... but- I mean that one that was slightly different only because he got disqualified from qualifying and you know something something like that happening to him. An injustice or whatever, if however he sees it, uh usually lights a fire under him. But that didn't seem to happen this weekend with the track limits thing. He just seemed to kind of wallow in it a bit and just just get in his own head, I think. But
0: let's jump into track limits, James. Yeah. Uh but before we actually talk about track limits we- We've experienced his track limits as well ourselves, haven't we, over the past yeah, couple yeah. of weeks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to do a podcast last week about this, but we we had to postpone for various reasons. But yeah, yeah. so missed, we missed that, but we can cover <laughs>
0: that now. Let's cover that for a second. So uh, instead of predicting who would win and who gets on the podium, which... Was kind of boring. We decided to just get ourselves to Racing Sims and, and to two times the new Formula One game. Not sponsored by the way, but we're always open for sponsorship. So hey, check it out. But yeah. that's a different question or different, uh, different topic. Uh, and we said, okay, let's take the track which are, we're about to go into, let's drive mm-hmm. as many laps as we can, uh, and let's record our fastest lap and compare it to each other. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, I don't know how many laps I did, but it must have been at least like 100, 150 laps of Austria doing something. And, oh,
1: wow, okay. Uh,
0: yeah, and still haven't won this, but hey. Uh, <laughs>
1: I I, I, I thought I had an advantage just because I felt like I'd maybe done more laps than you, but based on what you've just said, maybe not. Maybe we're... I'm just slow. Fairly James, similar. You say slow, we're still really close.
0: We had a time until... You beat me, so I'll kind of get, give your time really soon, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. But we had a moment on Wednesday evening where your time was 104, 880. Yeah. And my time was 104, 888. Yeah, we were close. So 8,000 <laughs> difference between laps. We like, can't even imagine it. In the end, though, you've won and we'll put on the lab. So when you're watching this on YouTube, we'll try to get both laps recording next to each other so you can see the difference. Uh, but I got my final time was 104.888 and your final time was 104.692. So about 1. 1.9 something. Yeah, yeah. Close uh, to two tenths. Yeah. yeah, so well done. GG to you. Um, Thank you. I can't see like turn nine into ten. Spielberg. You go wide. You touch. You touch. You go a little bit too fast and you go over the limit. I've had Happened that I think at least 40 times where, like, I got the fastest time and I hit the curb a little bit too wide, and now the time, time has got deleted. Okay, yeah. let's try again. The next one doesn't count because you take all the speed with you, and that's exactly what happened this weekend as well in qualifying, in practices, everywhere in the race. Yeah, and honestly, James, if the track limits are these are the rules you can't pass the white line with four tires, I think that's fine. Good rule. If you, put a, um, if you put some gravel next to the track, the rule will set itself. If you pass the line, don't set the track limits. You just, if you go white, you're done. Yeah. Friday, it happened a lot. And there was a statement being made. Okay. You know what, what we'll do, we'll make the curb smaller. So we'll make it smaller, which makes it easier to do. They didn't change that curb at all. They didn't change it for the actual Saturday. So if you go over the white lines. Uh, Mark said it as well, during qualifying on Friday, you get your lap time deleted. The main issue is this happens so often that the drivers don't know if they did it a couple of laps later, actually. So yeah. you can do the lap one, think you got a good time. Two laps later, they say, hey, you were actually just like a half an inch over the line. It, get, yeah. it gets deleted. And now it's only, okay, but now I've got 30 seconds left on the qualifying. I'm
1: done. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> the problem with qualifying is mm-hmm. that it was sometimes it was like, you know, like four minutes of times passed during a session, and their time suddenly gets dis, uh, deleted off the board, and that's that's unfair, I think, because that having that info immediately affects their qualifying runs and how they kind of plot out that session. Yeah, and if they think, oh, we're okay.
0: Um, just go in you switch tires. yeah and suddenly you're done
1: yeah so i think i think in in a scenario like that where um lap times are being deleted track limits are very easy just because i mean the problem with um exit of turn nine and exit of turn 10 is that there's such fast corners and 10 especially you kind of the track kind of goes wide and they go wide, but it also, like, it's almost like they're taking a 90-degree turn. I mean, I don't know how many degrees the turn is, but it's like they're taking a turn, but the turn's actually slightly tighter than that. It kind of... It It feels like
0: an 85-degree... Yeah, it it kind of... It almost
1: comes back in a little bit further than it actually is. So they sort of drift wide. And it goes down, right? Yeah. Um, and But the the main issue is the
0: cars are just uh, sort of heavy. So when you take a little bit too much speed and you turn right... The car automatically would drift a little bit to the left. Yeah. So if you take a little bit of overspeed or you have a little bit more fuel than you practice with, it's very easy to go wide. Yeah. And um, my main issue is well, like I said, main issue is that you can't see it. If you drive the car, you can't see it because the wheels are so high this year and last year as well. That you can't really see the line if you drive in. Yeah. You can't feel it either because there's no difference because it's already on the run of either. And you see it way too late once it got called to do so. There's a couple of things I want to discuss here. We saw Mox getting one lap, cutting it off. Then he put in all the other qualifying sessions, he put in a banker lap first. Yeah. Just so one lap, take it a little bit slower, a little bit cautious to get a time on the boards. And then the next time, go fast, try to give it all. We saw Sergio do, we saw uh, Leclerc do that really well. We saw Sainz doing it well. Lewis doing it really well. We saw uh, Hülkenberg not giving anything, but just going, uh, ended up doing well. <laughs> uh, but Checo had four attempts, still didn't fill. So yeah, I think, yes, the track should have been, well, there should be a hard limit there, aka Gravel. Yes, it should be registered right away. You should get a notification like we do on the sim. We hit the line that says, oh, doesn't count. Like, okay, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But three... Just make a bank a length if you're driving in a fast car, make sure you be a little bit more cautious because there were a couple of cars that didn't get anything during the race. And that was the drivers who took it into account and you saw the top speed being down a couple of kph. You saw the last turn, last sectors being a little bit slower than everyone else, but overall, if it costs you five or 10 or 30 seconds, if you're Ocon, then why not do a little bit more safer? Yeah. So there's a lot to discuss about track limits. So I think faster registration has to be done. But if there's ninety plus people going over the line in one lap, it's really hard to register that. Huh? So it's a track <clears throat> issue as well. And to <laughs> come on, there's also a little bit of skill involved, I think.
1: Yeah. I think. And trend. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the, how long it takes to register a lap has been um, exceeding track limits is a massive problem. Um, and I think the thing is, Formula One as a sport has said, okay, these are the rules now. You've got to be within the white lines because previously it was a bit hit and miss depending on the circuit like, You know, in previous races at Austria, they've said it's fine to do that. Mm -hmm. And often they'd say like, well, actually, this was was certainly a thing during the Charlie Whiting era. And he'd say like, well, we don't need to enforce track limits here because we think that if they exceed track limits there, they're actually going slower uh, and it compromises their lap time. But then every driver exceeds track limits at that spot. And if every driver's doing it, it's got to be fast. Like, they don't do it because it's slow. They do it because it's fast. Um So this is kind of why this all came about, I think, because it was very hit and miss between race weekends, how and what was being enforced. It was confusing as a viewer, especially yeah. a casual viewer, um who's maybe not, pu- you know, tuning into well, every practice better, session. It. Oh, it's a lot better. <laughs> and I, I am 100% behind enforcing track limits and enforcing them fully every circuit, white line's your boundary, that's it. If you cross it, you're going to be under investigation or you, know, you potentially lose lap time or take a penalty if you do it too many times, whatever, that's fine. But if you're going to say that this is what we're going to do, then you need to have a procedure in place to actually enforce those rules. I mean, that's like, uh, I, I'm going to struggle with this because I'm not a football fan. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. here we go. But this is like trying to enforce offside or something, but then not having a referee or a camera system to like properly well,
0: monitor. it took 100 that. years of football to get that fixed, so.
1: Well, yeah, but, it, you know, but I don't, well, maybe that's not the best analogy then, but my my biggest problem with this is that, you know, we've had two race weekends at least so far this year where we have the wall cam that tells us exactly how far away the wheel is from the wall, you know, one centimetre away, two centimetres away or whatever. Great. That's cool. Why can't we just use something like that for the white line? Because there's no wall. Well, no, but <laughs> use, put some point or use some sort of camera system that can measure the white line and measure the car yeah, crossing but, it. So I don't disagree on you there, but in Canada, we have a wall of champions.
0: Yeah. Nobody touched it this year. <laughs> right. Why not? Yeah. Because so it so- hurts. Yeah. They can right?
1: drive within the boundaries of the track. Cause if they miss, if they go out of bounds, they're hitting a brick wall or no brick wall, a concrete wall. Yeah. So get a wall fixed there. Get the gravel yeah. next to the track I I and solve everything. But yeah, nah. I, th- I wonder, I mean, I, I don't know for certain if it would help or not, but the like, the almost like miniature sausage curb that runs along the track and around the outside of the track at turn one and turn three mm-hmm. uh, at the top of the hill. I do wonder: Did those slow a car down enough if they go over those? Well, you get do, launched
0: in the air and probably. Well,
1: well, I no. Say something else, it's, but it's, not it's like the cars. much. It's the much smaller ones that kind of, rather than the ones that they used to put on the inside of corners to stop people cutting corners. At, at Austria, there's these like quite small ones that the cars can go over or can just kind of get a wheel on, and. They sometimes seem to use that to almost like lean the car on it. Um whether those would work at those corners, I I don't know, but maybe that's a solution. The other thing to think about as well though is um how does how does it impact other categories? Um and I I don't know which um motorcycle events race there and whether those curbs would be yeah, it's awful for motorcyclists, especially if you know they're sliding down the ground and then they hit one of these curbs. Um, it's things like that, but yeah, they've, they've got to find a way to be able to see these real time and give out penalties in a timely manner yeah. because qualifying, obviously, people lost times on the board, you know, minutes later, <laughs> which affected how their session would run. Um, and then if we want to start talking about it in the race Ocon you just mentioned he didn't get a single warning during the race he commented on the radio his engineer commented on the radio like it was loads of loads of penalties yeah but we didn't get one, yeah well done you didn't get any and then he gets what? 12, 13 out of bounds in I was going to say 12 minimum to be able to get a 30 second penalty yeah. or whatever it was total if he knew about those during the race, he would have he adjusted met, his yeah. driving style. He wouldn't have got 30 seconds worth of penalties. And I think that's... I, I, I sure hope so. Yeah. I well, hope, <laughs> you hope so. But if you, can't, you can't apply, like... You you can't start giving warnings and penalties to some drivers and then completely ignoring others and then look at them after the fact and give those sorts of penalties. Because they, whilst they're no. racing, if they hit three penalties in a five... Sec- or three... Um, track limits and get the black and white flag, they're going to be taking it a lot more cautiously. And if they happen to get one more and they get a five-second penalty, they're going to be taking it even more cautiously because they run the risk of getting the 10-second penalty. I mean, Lewis and science they'd already had their five seconds and you know, some other drivers. They've not really got any excuse for ending up with a 10-second penalty because um, they got fair warning during the race, and that's on them. But for someone like Ocon – Who's kind of everyone's memeing about him at the moment because he always, you know, thirty seconds worth of penalties and
0: which layout did he drive for? Yeah, which layout <laughs> did
1: he drive? Yeah, is he is he still is he still driving the race right now and all this this sort of stuff? Like, yeah, it's funny, but it's it's not fair because it, he would have adjusted if if he'd known. Definitely, um, but the thing is,
0: we got I think the worst experience of this is for the casual fans. Yep. Because we st- <laughs> we follow Formula One news, so we go, uh, we, we the race ends and we say, okay, uh, uh, Aston Martin is seven and ninth or something, seven and 11th. Uh, Norris is 5th, right? Lewis is 4th, all looks well. Uh, and then five hours later, they're like, hey, immediately after the race, Aston Martin says, say hey, we're going to protest the results. We don't yeah. think this is this happened fairly, and there's a lot of people going out, out of bounds, and then get penalized for it. They actually handed in proof, so they were paying more attention than actual the <laughs> stewards were. Yeah, um, they addressed it all fair and square. That's what you can do, right? Uh, but it took them five hours to come to the conclusion because there's so many yeah. backlog on the checks. Yeah, now like five hours later, they changed the results of the race. Yeah, Lewis dropped back, Saints dropped back ocon fell off the grid we're still driving like you said we don't know what happened to ocon but it's uh norris suddenly got ford right like okay i got a fourth place that's actually pretty cool that can't happen that just can't happen i think then everyone loses the casual fan loses the hardcore fan loses the drivers lose the people on track lose. they have no idea where they're watching there's no way of tracking it either because you used to have statistics on screen which say, okay, this one's being investigated,
1: got a little orange uh, thing next to them, right? Yeah. Didn't see any of them. No. Any. That, that Actually, that's another point that I wanted to raise um, that I, I did think about as I was watching the race, and I thought that needs to be discussed, is there's no, no visual clues as to what's happening. Even, I mean, people being investigated, like... Maybe that doesn't need a, 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 you know, some sort of indicator or something on the screen. We have an indicator
0: for that. We, got well, the we orange, do.
1: Orange. If, we it, got, if, yeah. if, if it's not there, it's not the end of the world. But if somebody's got penalty, if someone's got a five second penalty to, serve, we need plus five on them. That I think <laughs> that needs some sort of marker next to their name so that we know because when it comes to pit stops, that's going to affect their pit stops. And it, That when you think about that, is going to affect where they're going to come out. Or should probably would affect whether it could come out, not guaranteed. Um or when you get a black
0: and white flag. Put a black and white flag next to the name. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: we know Lewis is now being
0: cautioned. And then when the yeah. camera director switches to Lewis, you know why he switched to Lewis because he might cross the line and you might get a penalty, which makes yeah. for an even better story to direct. Yeah. I mean we don't have like we only direct the podcast, but we don't really need to tell everyone that. And I think for the hardcore fans, it was really hard to follow. For the FIA, they couldn't follow. Stewart couldn't follow. The Everyone except Austin Martin could fo- couldn't follow it. Um, props from Austin Martin. Some people say that's not fair they did that. I think it's 100% fair they did that. Um, it's
1: within the rules, so it's fair, yeah. yeah.
0: I just think it makes for the lousy experience, and that leaves a sour taste in because this weekend had everything. Proper driving, close combat, um... Spectacle, like proper performances on top. Amazing qualifying. We finally got a good sprint and it had everything changing weathers, good crowds, great race direction. Just this just one big yeah marker on this weekend. Like yeah. Ah,
1: and that's that that is just a continual problem with Formula One, unfortunately, is that every time they start to do something right. <laughs> There's something else that they then get wrong, or something new crops up that they get wrong, and, and this isn't really something new. I mean, we've had track limits as a problem at other circuits before, but not obviously not to this extent. But how do they not anticipate this at this circuit? It's especially? not that it never
0: happened, and like like we yeah. said, we we had the exact same thing when actually practicing on the sims. Yeah, this wasn't yeah. a hard one to no, figure. I mean, it,
1: it's it's the nature of Turn nine and ten, like they are super fast corners, and because they're because they're almost a dub, like but Spain a, has a, a fast single corner. corner almost.
0: Spain has a fast corner now at the end. Yeah, but and it's the only it, one that sort of messed up. There was Alonso this year because there's gravel. You hit the gravel when you go wide. Yeah, you're done but if it, you go too fast.
1: I mean, I think it's how close the corners are together as well, though, because you, you, if you, I think in an ideal world the Formula One drivers would just take that as a double apex, one corner, which they're I just... wouldn't even mind. Yeah,
0: I'd rather have that and be clear about it that that's legal in that race. Yeah, delete the wide line yeah. and say, you know what, just make it fast, do any car style. We don't care about lines. Yeah, if it's a, if you can drive it, it's fine.
1: Yeah, they're, tr- they're trying to avoid scrubbing scru- too much speed in turn nine, um, and then obviously try and carry as much speed through 10 as well. And it, yeah, um, I think turn 10, I think for them is probably a little bit easier than nine. Um, but nine, sorry, 10, 10 also, Orlando Norris commented on this. on a. Um, he did like a post qualifying interview, I think it was, because he was a little bit disappointed in the main qualifying. He qualified behind um science and he mm-hmm. thought he had maybe like another tenth or two and he could have pipped science. And he said that he went just there was a slightly wide on turn ten and turn ten, the corner cambers in quite significantly yeah. at the apex compared to further on around the corner and that actually pulls the car around the corner. And he just missed that a little bit wide and that kind of compromised his corner. And yeah, so even just little things like that, like if you do if they don't get the turning exactly right, get the corner exactly right. They could be doing the exact same speed, two laps in a row, miss that corner slightly, and they're going off on track, like exceeding track limits on the exit of of 10 because of that.
0: Exactly, and that's the issue
1: because I know people
0: say, well, uh, there are drivers that didn't do it, but it was, I think, two drivers that didn't do it. Lando, maybe three, Lando, Checo, and Mox. The rest might actually already all, all have a penalty somewhere.
1: Uh, Leclerc didn't
0: either, obviously. Leclerc didn't either, So that's yeah. like that. but that's about it, right? And I think these guys were
1: just a little bit safer. Yeah. But you have well, to consider Russell, this. That it's was, not... There was only two that didn't get any track limits issues. That's not a single one in. No, it was um, it was Russell and... Uh, who was the other one? Uh,
0: that's a good it, question.
1: It you might have think... been be uh, Joe Yu oh yeah but he was going so slow he was well, just pushing yeah. the car around the corner <laughs> I can do it that way as well though right? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm, I'm not quite 100% certain because I think when you made a, a tweet commenting that he finished P2 in the race <laughs> it was a bit of a joke because he didn't I'm pretty sure it's him yeah. and although Russell although the Alfa's
0: really were slow really slow yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they look fast but they're actually so slow I, if I were Alfa I'd just make the car chrome to make them stand out more because you're not putting any performances in that stand out. Mm. Um but yeah I think one thing I'd say though I saw people saying it can't be that hard not hitting everything in the lines, right? Mm-hmm. It's the fastest point of the circuit. It's a really fast circuit. It goes all the way down so it has the weight pushing you down the, the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heavy car so when you turn in you get pushed to the left as well. So you get pushed towards the end of the corner. Yeah. Um and every single lap your car gets just a little bit lighter. That means it turns in not even faster, but the moment you can brake feels differently every single lap. Yeah, You have to be on an extremely high level to do that at every single lap, take those options into consideration, and never not hit the apex. Yeah. it's just, just
1: grip. I mean, the difference in grip, just between... And then there's the tires that also between, drop off. Having a brand new set of tires, which... Are not brand new by the time you're on your hot lap because you've got to do an outlap. Um and a used set of tires, so they might have done an outlap, a hot lap, an inlap, another outlap. You know, that's it's not a lot of laps on a single set of tires, and yet that difference in grip is significant. Um so even even just doing, you know, do a hot lap. Do a cool down lap to recharge, do another hot lap. So you, you, you're doing two laps in a single, you know, run out of, from being out of the pits. Even that has quite an impact on the amount of grip your car has. Um, certainly enough for these guys at this level to notice and to have to make these micro uh, adjustments, like the, like you said, their braking distance and the corner speed and things like that. Definitely. Um, time's up James, we've got a close yeah. podcast. We did have
0: some sending questions, but the most fun question will be parked for next time. We'll start next time. It's all about defending. Andrew sent in. Can you explain a little bit more about defending? What options are there? How can you defend if your car is slower? And why did Albon last time in Canada? And also this week is really good out defending. I think that's a good tap- topic to take a deep dive in for next show. Yeah. Um, next show, however. Will take a little bit for uh, because well oh, I'm actually going on holiday. Um I am definitely hoping to catch some Formula One, but I will, will probably be driving when uh Silverstone hits this weekend. Well, one of your favorite tracks, I think, not one of, <laughs> of mine, uh, because I suck at that tri- that track in the sim. Um we'll be back at uh, in August, I think, for the show as well. But in the meanwhile, just send James questions at F1. In focus, James, and of course at F one in Focus Spot if you want to send us any questions. The next one we'll try to be more consistent, be there every week again. Uh maybe do a long one in between or take an extra show. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back after this. Well, our summer break, uh, which in this situation means we'll miss Silverstone. and There's
1: a race every week, uh, Weekend this this month, I think, isn't there? Yeah. Austria, yeah. We used to have Austria we got Silverstone, we got Hungary, yeah, and Zandtford? then
0: uh, Spa, Spa, and Not then like it's the break, I believe, after Spa is, yeah, and then we go into Zandvoort, then we go into Unter, yeah. So, oh, well, well, at least we back to see Max win the championship. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's what it is, though. Um. We have to end, James. Unfortunately, on some sad news, though, um, because we had a major incident in spot this weekend. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what were we gonna say about that? Did you watch it? Did you actually? I've uh... I've,
1: I've not seen. No, I, I, it's not the sort of thing I'm interested in seeing. To be honest. No, I uh, I definitely. Um... <laughs> So, Delano uh,
0: van der Tov, uh Dutch talent, passed away in Spa this weekend after another ringy race in Spa uh, and another, well, visibility issue, so to speak. We've talked yeah. about this before. We had cancelled race, we had stopped races. Our Rouge race is just very dangerous. Uh, we don't want to go into this discussion, but of course, well, Our thoughts are with us. And I think the respect they paid during the race was over in start of the race was uh, amazing. Uh, But it's always sad when a driver crashes and it ends up, um, well, in a horrible way. Let's put it like this. So let's hope. uh, Well, I could say there was a loss, but it's probably not the last. uh, But it's always sad to hear it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: All right. On that sad news, we're going to end the show, James. See you in a couple of weeks. Indeed. Uh, Yeah. Want to have a quick prediction for Silverstone? Maybe we've gone back? Um, yeah, Carl maybe. Will McLaren winning the race?
1: Nah. Uh, I, it, there's going to be a Brit on the podium, definitely. It's either. Well, I, it could be one of three. <laughs> you got Lando, Lewis. Oh, I was like, yeah, three. Big or George. One. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll get a Brit on the podium.
0: Perfect, and then I will do the other way around. We'll get two Dutch. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance. There's actually no chance now. No, it won't rain either, I think. So uh, it will be uh, Max, it will be Charles, and it will be Sainz.
1: Where's Perez? Well, who
0: knows? He's uh, getting penalties. I think um, Perez is not good at Silverstone, unfortunately for him. Don't think that's his one of his favorite tracks. So now this is a proper, this is a, uh, flowing track where you need some like you need steady laps every single lap right you can have yeah. one fast and not one one. this is one lap one track where if you're consistent in your build up and are able to save your ties a little bit this goes a long way and I think Checo is a little bit too inconsistent to perform consistently well on big tracks like this Spa Silverstone can't really see that happening if I'm quite honest maybe I'm totally wrong and anyway, he wins the race and I'll look like a fool. But then again, it will be four weeks, we do another show and nobody will remember. Oh, so. uh,
1: yeah, everyone will forgot. <laughs> now I'll make sure I remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't uh, sure you did. Okay, so James, let's keep practicing yep. laps. We'll do the time trials. Uh, we'll do them for all the races that come up. So we still have a couple of to, to catch up with. Uh, yeah. And I'll see you after the summer, my friend. Absolutely, yeah. All right, see you later. Bye-bye. See ya.